right, how awesome was that? How awesome was that? Hey, welcome uh, to River Ridge Church. Uh, my name is Matt. If we haven't met, welcome to you all who are watching online. And, um, you know, as we, as we watched that video, there was not one kid that said, I really miss Matt's preaching. Can you imagine that? I mean, how offended am I? Um, you know, one of the things that, that I love about River Ridge Church uh, is the value that we place on kids. And sometimes I have heard um, churches or pastors say that kids are the future of the church, um, but that is not our view here. Our view is that kids are the church right here, right now. And we want to help every child, every kid take their next steps in their journey with God. And so these last 12 months have been difficult for that. Uh, and our staff has really done some pretty amazing things, I think, to help kids take their next steps and to equip parents with their kids in doing that. Um, so one of the things that you may remember that we did, and if you don't have kids, some of this would be a little bit new to you, but one of the things that we did is we did this thing we called Church Dash. And twice over the pandemic, we had these packets of uh, materials that we took out to preschool kids and elementary kids, and the staff and some of our constrict, conscripted labor, which we call children, our own kids, uh, helped to drive 300 packets out to kids at River Ridge Church. And, and some of y'all live like kind of close, and some of y'all don't. Like y'all live, like there was a mad donkey that somebody ran into. That was scary, right? But that's the commitment that we have to kids at this church. And if you have kids and you know this, if you don't have kids, you don't know this, but each week over the course of the pandemic and even still now, we put out a video for preschool kids and elementary kids to watch. Here's a picture of uh, Betsy, and she's hosting one of our preschool videos with Ollie the Owl. Every week that was out there for kids, a different video. Here's a picture of Lori, and she is explaining to kids kind of what's in their packet and what they can do. I think that's Lori. Uh, Lori blacked out. <laughs> There's, there's Lori, yes. Uh, I, by the way, I had another picture of Lori that was not so flattering, and she thanks me for putting that one up there. Um, but, you know, but we did those types of things because we want to love and invest in kids, because kids are the church. Um, another thing that we did is over the summer, uh, we did a, uh, a thing for kids, and we put out a video every week with the fruit of the Spirit. And interestingly enough, we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit this morning a little bit later in the message. Um, but each week there was a video that we did put the time into to show kids what does it mean to live by the fruit of the Spirit. And I wanted to show you the introduction to one of these videos. <laughs> soda, strawberries, and love. That's what we're talking about. On this week's Got Fruit. I'm Noah. I'm Chloe. And we're the host for this summer's devotional, Got Fruit. Each week we will talk about a fruit of the Spirit. Wait, we aren't just going to talk. We're going to do some awesome demonstrations to help us understand the different fruits of the Spirit. I knew that. Well, today we are going to get things started by talking about love. But not the mushy kind. Really, Noah? No, we are talking about how we were created to love God and others. That's true. Let's not just talk about it. Let's demonstrate it so we can understand it. So that's the kind of quality stuff that we put out for our kids <laughs> each week. Let's give Noah a hand. Is he around? 
And Chloe, look at the stars of the show are here. Um, now, over the last couple of minutes, I've talked about we did this and we did that. And our staff has been absolutely fantastic in pouring in to kids. Um, and here's the thing is when it comes to kids and in our, in our church, we want to pour into them. But we're coming to the point in time on April 11th where we as a staff can't do it all. Because the, the value of who we are as River Church in investing in kids, the best part of what we do is not the videos, it's not the song, it's not the donuts, the donut holes. The best part of what we do as a church is a small group leader sitting with a group of four, five, six kids and talking about life. And letting a four-year-old go on and on about their dog. And a seven-year-old talking about the friends that she has at school. Or a nine-year-old boy talking about the kids that were mean to him at school. And relating all of that back to Jesus. That's the strength of who we are as Rivers Church when it comes to our kids' ministry. And so on April 11th, we're going to start kids' ministry again. The kids are in here. They do fine. It's fine to have them in here. None of them like my sermon. I can deal with that. But here's the thing is the best way to invest in our kids is sitting in small groups. And so that's where we need your help. And so over here we've got this board, and you can kind of see it there. Um, nursery, preschool, elementary, and middle school. And each of those white squares represents a need that we have for somebody to step in and to be a small group leader. Uh, and you can see there's a lot of squares that are open. We just started to kind of work with past volunteers. Um, but here's the thing is we need you to step up and to serve. And, and here's the thing. We're not asking for a lifelong commitment. We're not even asking for a 12-month commitment. We're asking you for a four-month commitment to just serve one, or excuse me, serve two Sundays a month for one service in April, May, June, and July. And then we'll figure out August when that comes around. But we would love to have you be a part of that. Um, one of the things that kind of our little theme here is Kids Matter and Jesus says, let the little children come to me. And we want to be a part of pointing kids to Jesus. And so if you are willing to do that, um, and again, you're just stepping up for a time. You're not committing to a long-term thing. We would love for you to do that. There's two ways to let us know that. One is go on the front page of riverage.church. There's a, a link there. You can click and sign up and say, hey, I'm interested. Uh, or Betsy will be at the little booth uh, in the lobby or might be outside by now. But she'll be out there and you can come and ask questions uh, about that. Okay? So um, I have asked nicely that you would be a small group leader. And next week I will ask nicely. And the week after that I may ask nicely. But the week after that, if those boards aren't, you will not see my nice face. I will bring out the sermon that is now legendary at Riverage Church from a few years ago where I stood up here and I said, serve or get out, okay? We're not there yet. However, uh, we do need you to step up um, and serve in this capacity. And some of our guest services folks are going to slide over there. So if you want to slide into guest services and greet and take temperatures and things like that, that would also be a help to us. So today is nice. A few weeks, we'll see. All right, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to gather, to worship, um, to, to hear from you through the, the worship and the things that you speak to our hearts in that. Uh, and God, as we look into your word today, I pray that you would teach us. Help us to understand those things that may be a mystery to us, uh, but also help us to understand just our own hearts 
and how you interact with our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so again, we are paperless as much as possible on Sunday mornings. So if you go on the River Ridge app, you can download that from your favorite app store. Uh, download that, and then you can take notes along with us. So we're going to be in Galatians chapter 5, if you want to turn to Galatians chapter 5. <clears throat> so in this series, uh, we're in this series titled, You Are Welcome Here. It's about the Holy Spirit. And if you missed last week, just catch up real quick. We talked about this reality that for a lot of us, the Holy Spirit is kind of a mystery. Like we understand God the Father, we understand Jesus the Son, but the Holy Spirit is just sort of a mystery. And there can be a tendency because the Holy Spirit is a mystery or we don't quite understand the Holy Spirit or who that is or who He is, we tend to maybe keep that at arm's length. But the problem with that is that when we do that, we're missing out really on a third of who God is. And so for four weeks, we're going to look at who is the Holy Spirit and how do we interact with the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to start by kind of addressing um, a, a tension that I think exists in all of us. And this tension that exists in us, it, it predates COVID, it predates pol political unrest in our country, it predates racism and all that stuff. This is a tension that exists in us regardless of what's going on in the culture and the society around us. And what it is, it's a tension that exists within all of us of right versus wrong. It's the desire that we have. We say, I want to do what's right. I want to do what's honoring to God. I want to do what is loving towards other people. But then we don't. And we have that tension where we want to do the right thing, but yet sometimes we fail at that. And we go, why do I fail? I wanted to be a good husband. I wanted to be a good wife. I wanted to be a nurturing mother. I wanted to be a whatever it is, but yet we fail at that from time to time. Why does that tension exist in us? And, and I think for all of us, we have different, what I would maybe call battlegrounds, the battleground of tension. And it's, it's a different battleground for different people. You know, for you, for you little ones, maybe the battleground for you is telling the truth. That you're a little guy or a little girl, and you're like, it's just hard to tell the truth because if I tell the truth, I might get in trouble. And guess what? Your moms and dads sometimes have told the truth as difficult things as well. You know, or maybe it's anger, that that's your battleground, that you just, you lash out at people and you're like, where did that come from? Or you respond really negatively to somebody. And we have these battlegrounds, like I didn't, we, we go past the situation, like I didn't want to act, I didn't want to behave like that, I didn't want to say that or do that. And so for some people, the battleground is lust, and for other people, the battleground is gossip. For some people, the battleground is comparison. For other people, the battleground is being judgmental or maybe struggling with forgiveness. But we all have these battlegrounds. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, this is how Paul expresses this battle that goes on within us. This is Galatians 5, 17. He says, For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So he, he expresses in this way. He says, inside of us, there's this flesh. The flesh is that part of us that desires to do what we want to do, to keep God at arm's length. I want to rely on myself. I want to do what I want. It's when we put ourselves in the middle of our lives instead of God. 
It's when we think of ourselves first instead of loving other people. That's when we do things, say things, think things that's in the flesh. That's what he's talking about. But then he says, he weighs that against, against the Spirit. He says the desires of the Spirit are against the desires of the flesh. And so the Spirit there is the word Holy Spirit. It's the word pneuma that we talked about from last week. And it's this idea that we have the Holy Spirit in us. And so if you missed last week, we did the ABCs of the Holy Spirit. A is all believers have the Holy Spirit. So if you've placed your faith in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit in you. B is better than Christ. It's better to have the Holy Spirit within us than Jesus walking the earth. And then C, we kind of did a little bit of Dr. Seussiness, and a counselor is his name, comfort is his game. The idea that the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us. And so when we live by the Holy Spirit, it's talking just basically that we live knowing that God's inside us and making decisions that honor God because the Holy Spirit lives in us. But there's this tension between living in the Spirit and doing the works of the flesh. Here's how Paul puts it in verse 16. He says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So that's essentially the answer. We have this tension in us. We say, how do we deal with this tension of, I want to do the right thing, but I don't do the right thing all the time. Or I want to do the right, but I, but I can't, but I don't, but whatever gets in the way. And the answer is, walk by the Spirit. And when you do that, you gratify not the flesh, but the Spirit. And so here's what we're going to do this morning. is We're going to answer three questions. The first question is this is why walk in the Holy Spirit? The second question is, what does it mean to walk in the Holy Spirit? And then the third question is, how do we walk in the Holy Spirit? And so the first question of why walk in the Holy Spirit, we've really answered that in a lot of ways, where we said, you know, we want to walk in the Holy Spirit because we want to honor God with our lives. We want to live a life that looks that way. You know, and for most of us, we go, you know, I want a life that's, that's marked by love and not by strife. I want a life that's marked by joy and not jealousy. I want a life that's marked by peace and not division and dissension. This is how Paul puts it in another book. This is the book of Romans. He says this in verse 8, chapter 8, verse 6. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. And you say, well, what do you want? Do you want death? Or do you want life and peace? And all of us would say, I want life and peace. And then the other sort of answer to that why walk in the Spirit question is this, is that when we walk in the Spirit, that's how we impact the world around us. The best thing that you can do as a parent is to walk in the Spirit, and your kids are going to see that. The best thing that you can do to be a good coworker or to be a good boss or to be a, you know, on a committee or whatever it is, if you will walk in the Spirit then you're going to impact the world around you. So that's the why. Now let's take a few minutes and talk about the what. So this is Galatians chapter 5, verse 18. All right, and we're going to take a time out, and anybody who has something in their eye can take a moment to get it out of their eye, okay? Now go ahead, go ahead. You guys get your own eye there. You're still looking at me. Stop it. Okay. I think the gnat is out of my eye. All right, this is Galatians 5.18. And, and this is the idea of what does it mean to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit? So it says this, 
It says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Okay, so it starts out, it says, if you are led by the Spirit. So it says, walk in the Spirit, led by the Spirit. And if we jump down to verse 25, it says this, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So there's four different kind of ways that this is put, but they all have a very similar meaning. So in verse 16, it says, walk by the Spirit. Verse 18, led by the Spirit. And then verse 25, live by the Spirit and keep in step with the Spirit. So saying all of those are fairly similar in terms of being in step with the Holy Spirit. I want to show you a movie clip. Um, and this is a movie from 1984 called All of Me. Uh, and 19, for those of you who are a little bit younger, it is in color um, from 1984. I know you might think this is going to be a black and white movie. Um, but it star, it's with um, uh, Steve Martin and Lily Tomlin. And basically set the clip up for you is what happens is it's, you'll see Steve Martin and Lily Tomlin has inhabited his body, okay, through this weird series of events. He's basically inhabiting his body. Um, and then this is him trying to figure this out and who's in control of his body. And it'll give us a good picture. So let's check out this video clip. Oh, jeez. I can't move my right leg. I'm paralyzed. Here, let me try. We, we, we obviously have mutual control over our body. Our body? It's my body. I'm not sharing my body with anyone. Everybody's going to be real disappointed. Where are we going? Got to find Procolasa. I can't go in there. Skyler will think I'm... Excuse me, that's a private conversation. Do you mind? Uh, no! Please, just do as I say. So, uh, Steve Martin is the best slapstick actor. I just love that stuff that he does. But it's a great picture where, I mean, you kind of got it figured, you know, so you got Lily Tomlin, and she is the spirit inside Steve Martin, and he wants to do what he wants, but she's like, no, do it this way, and he's constantly funny. It kind of gives us a picture of what it would mean to walk by the Spirit, or in his case, kind of fighting that. And then Paul goes on to explain, this is what it looks like to not walk in the Spirit, or to walk in the flesh, the works of the flesh, and then the works of the Holy Spirit. So in verse 19, it says this, Now, the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, in that, he lists a bunch of these different works of the flesh, or what it means to live in the flesh. But this is just a sample list. He doesn't say everything that is a work of the flesh. But what helps us is if we look at this a little more closely, we'll see that there are four different categories of this living in the flesh. And I want to point these out to you because I think that helps us to reflect our, on our own lives in times when we live by the flesh instead of by the Spirit. So the first category is sexual sins. And this is the first uh, four um, sins are listed here. Sexual immorality, or first three, sexual immorality, impurity, and sensuality, right? And then the second is what we might term as corrupted worship, corrupted worship. 
And this, it's idolatry and sorcery. And corrupted worship is any time that something takes the place of first place in our lives other than God. And it's also any time that we try and manipulate God to get what we want. That's what sorcery is. It's trying to manipulate God to get what we want. And we may not practice sorcery in a witchcraft type of way, but sometimes we are guilty of this when we say, God, I did this, and so you have to do that. God, I prayed really hard, so you have to answer my prayer. God, I gave a bunch of money, so you have to do this. God, I did this. And if we ever find ourselves saying, I did this, God, so you have to, that's a form of corrupted worship. And then the next category is the largest one, and it's all this list of relational sins. Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, division, and envy. And those are all sins that we commit against one another, and all of those relational sins. And, And these list here, I think, is longer is the longest part of this long list of relational sins because that's where we struggle the most, to walk in this spirit because we tend to walk in the flesh in the way that we treat other people. And then the last one would be, the last category would be addictions um, and overindulgences where it talks about drunkenness and wild parties. And this is the type of thing where um, it's those things that we can't overcome. And, And if you are, have been involved with addictions or close to that, you know that you, you can't just by sheer willpower go, I'm going to do better, I'm going to try harder, that it takes the work of the Holy Spirit to overcome those things. And then Paul turns the corner and he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. This is verse 22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And so in that, he talks about, he says, when you walk by the Holy Spirit, these things will be evident in your life. Then when you are walking in step with the Holy Spirit, then you will have a life that has joy and peace and patience and self-control and gentleness. He's painting a picture of that. And as Paul writes this, he is not saying, use this as a checklist to evaluate your life. What he's saying is, when you walk in the Spirit, when you walk in step with what God wants you, the God who lives in you, the Holy Spirit, then these things will come out of your life. And it's interesting, as you look at kind of singular plural, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is. It doesn't say the fruits of of the Spirit. In other words, this is a holistic sort of thing that when you walk in the Spirit, all of these things, I think there's nine of them, all of these nine characteristics will be evident in your life. So that's what it looks like to walk in the Holy Spirit opposed to walking in the flesh. But that, and that brings us to really the big question. I think the question that all of us have is, well, then how do I do that? Why walk in the Spirit? Well, I want peace and freedom and, and, and that kind of stuff, right? What does it mean? It means that I'm choosing to live and make decisions in my life based on the Holy Spirit and not the flesh of my own desires. But how do I do that? And so I'm going to give you three steps or three keys to doing that. Here's the first one. 
is make a decision. Make a decision. And I say make a decision. There's actually probably a pre-decision. You know, one of the things that we talked about last week is that when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in you. And so if you're here today, if you're watching online, the first decision for you may be to invite Jesus Christ to be your Savior. And then when you invite Christ into your life, when you trust Him, then the Holy Spirit comes and lives and dwells in you. And maybe the reason that you can't live the way that you want to live and the way that God wants you to live is that you've never placed your faith in Christ. You've never trusted Him, and so you don't have the Holy Spirit living in you. So that's part of that decision. But here's the other part. I guess it's probably make two decisions. But here's the other part is this, is if you want to walk in the Holy Spirit, make a decision that that's what you want to do. And I think it's a pretty easy decision because you look at the works of the flesh and go, do you want to live in jealousy and rage and dissension and strife and all that kind of stuff? Or do you want to live with peace and patience and self-control and gentleness and goodness? Like, I think the choice is obvious, but have you made that decision to say, I want to live by the Holy Spirit. I want to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing is, when you place your faith in Christ, that is a once-for-all decision, right? When you place your faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in you, and that's a once-for-all decision. But when we talk about living in the power of the Holy Spirit, we talk about walking with the Holy Spirit, that is a daily decision. That every day we say, I'm going to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit today. I'm going to keep in step with the Holy Spirit today. It's a daily decision. It's an hourly decision. It's probably even a moment-by-moment decision that we make every day. Say, I'm going to walk in the Holy Spirit. Here's the second way to walk in the Holy Spirit. It's focus on the root, not the fruit. Getting my Dr. Seuss on again. All right, focus on the root, not the fruit. I want to take us to a passage in John chapter 15. This is John chapter 15, verse 4. Verse 4 and 5, it says this. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus is painting a, a picture here, a visual example. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Now, whenever I think about vines, I always think about the vines that grow in the back of our house every summer. And we got to pull those things down. And they just get over everything. But that's not the vine that Jesus is picturing here. Most likely when he said it and when they heard it, they were thinking about a grapevine. And so here's a picture that you can see of a grapevine. And so the bottom of that is the vine. And then the leafy part, that's the branches. And then obviously the grapes are the fruit. And so in order for the branches to be able to bear the fruit, they have to be connected to the vine. Because the vine is what gives them the nutrients. And so it is with us. That we want, if we want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, if we want to keep in step with the Spirit, we have to be connected to Jesus. 
We have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit speaking to us. We need to spend time daily in prayer. We need to get in God's word. We need other people around us speaking truth into our lives. We need to do those things. When we do those things, those connect us to the vine. And so the focus here, again, it's not about focusing on the fruit. It's about focusing on the root. You know, imagine if, if right here that I had a plant of some sort, a, a small tree, and it didn't have leaves on it yet, right? It, didn't, it wasn't bearing fruit. You know, I could do a couple things. I could pick some leaves off and I could staple them to the branches and make it look like it was fruity, but that wouldn't produce fruit, would it? Where I could yell at this little plant, I'd say, come on, make some fruit. Look at that plant. They're doing good fruit. Get some fruit on there. That wouldn't work very well. I could try and make the plant feel guilty, right? I could, you know, maybe massage the branches. That wouldn't do anything. What would make this plant or this little tree grow fruit? It's taking care of the root. It's making sure that it gets water, that, the, that the, the soil is fertile. It's those types of things, making sure it has sunlight. When you take care of that, then the fruit happens naturally. And so for you and I, we focus on our relationship with Jesus Christ. We focus on that, and then out of that, we walk in step with the Holy Spirit, and out of that comes this fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. And then here's the third part, is repent and repeat. Repent and repeat. You see, here's what's going to happen. Here's what I hope happens, is that when you leave here today, you're going to say, I want to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. Because I want to be so closely walking where he places my feet and saying what he wants me to say that I have peace and joy and self-control and patience and gentleness and that exudes out of me because that's the life that I want to live. And I hope that you do that and I pray that you do that and I hope that you stick close to Jesus and let that come out of you. But what's also going to happen is you're going to blow it. Is you're going to be, you may get as far as like Burger King, Right? Somebody runs the red light and you're like yelling out the window, right? You may get as far as the parking lot and your kid doesn't put on their seatbelt and you want to turn around and just, right? You're going to fail. But repent and repeat and make a decision and say, I didn't walk in the Holy Spirit. And that's part of the reason that Paul gives these lists, I think. Because I think we can look back at what we just did or what just happened and we can go, I was not walking in the Holy Spirit. I was walking in the flesh because I, I did that. I was divisive. I was angry. I was envious. I was jealous. I was whatever it is. I was sexually immoral. And we can look back and we say, I didn't do it. But then we stop and we say, but I'm going to move on and walk in step with the Holy Spirit now. It's a daily decision. You know, the, the choice is yours. Because we all have these battlegrounds. And we can either choose to live the way we want to live and give in and lose in those battlegrounds, or we can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it changes us, but it will also change our relationships and the people around us and the world and the community around us as well. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us to walk in step, walk in sync with the Holy Spirit. Show us what that looks like in the things that we say in the steps that we take, in the actions, in our words, and our thoughts, God, would you show us 
as we cling to you and walk in the power and in step with the Holy Spirit. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.